Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show this is a podcast on the pod fix network Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 155. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head in the sands and I'm angry. All right, man, you had a bit of a busy week, man. Why don't you uh, let everyone know what you've been up to? Uh, your, 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 your journey started at... Hola, senor. <laughs> your journey started at what was supposed to be 4.30 in the morning at my house, and instead... It ended up being closer to five o'clock. You didn't get up till because so I, I had to take Jay uh, to the airport, Newark Airport, not even Philadelphia Airport. So yeah. it's a little bit further away, but still, still not that crazy of a drive, about an hour. But I have to be at work, so I told Jay, I was like, "Yeah, why don't you sleep over after recording? You know, we'll wake up early at four thirty. We'll get ready. We'll 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 grab coffee, and then we'll we'll head off to the airport." And he's like, "All right, cool." So I wake up four thirty on the dot, get my get showered, get dressed, get ready, and like I come out, and he's still on the couch like <laughs> sleeping and it's like you're a grown-ass man i don't need to tell you you have a place you have somewhere to be but i had to wake you up and get you moving <laughs> i don't know what happened i can't remember if my alarm went off and i just sort of your alarm right back 100 did not go off no it did not go off hmm. okay yeah i don't know i think you were relying on me to wake you up you were just getting, I, I don't know you were just gonna get, get nostalgic for the high school days when your mom was I trying just, to get you up and get you out of the house uh, i don't know <laughs> it does happen from time to time with me but to your credit, you got ready. We were out of the house by five fifteen. So oh, I was not, quick. I, I didn't have to do anything but brush my teeth or something. I yeah. don't know. But it was, um, yeah. I mean, it was a good drive. No traffic. It was easy. I don't know. I hope, hope you got back and okay. No, no, no? I got back you, late to work. All right. <laughs> Turnpike was traffic the whole way back. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A little worried about that, but no, no, mm. no one knows. I, no one knows when I get to work really because I work alone. I really don't have anyone to really check into it's not like i walk into an office and the supervisor is in their corner office like, right we that no one knows like as long as i have my phone on i'm answering stuff, no one knows that's a good perk yeah it's a it's, it's a little bit of a perk just as long as you don't abuse it but so anyway uh five four four hour flight down to mexico four hour flight down to mexico plus the one hour sitting on the tarmac before we can even take off and the pilot couldn't even figure out an explanation oh like he was like Honestly, everybody, they've messed up somewhere in another location in the airport. We're backed up. Um, don't understand what happened. 
I'm sorry, you know. And sounds and, like you were flying out of Newark. That's how it works. Oh boy. <laughs> so it, it, that was a bit of a bummer. But other than that, it was cool, and we got and we actually made up time, and we technically landed on time. So cool. Winds were with you. It, it, it worked. It worked out. Now and, in, down in Mexico, were you guys on the Gulf side or on the Pacific side? Ooh. Good question. But whatever <laughs> side that we were on, we actually got unfortunately hit by a um, a current shift from a storm near Brazil and it washed up okay. all the seaweed onto the shoreline. So you were on the Gulf side then. Okay. Because what, did the sun set over the ocean? We never, we, that's the whole thing. We never went to the ocean because it was a disaster. <laughs> okay. It was, it was, it was unusable and it smelled so bad. Beautiful so, white sand beaches. And, and I, I saw the once. potential. <laughs> I saw the potential of awesome. So apparently everybody um, today and even a little bit yesterday enjoyed it because they cleared it up, of course, you yeah. know, by, by that time. And, uh, you know, so, so some people were staying until Tuesday and, and some people like me went, super early and you know it's all good there was 80 people at this wedding lots of people on you know julie's and friends side and and some family from my mother's side julie is jay's sister yes yes and um it was just a lot of fun and i never i've always talked about this for a while but like i never really had a tequila day or tequila night right like it's occasional tequila shots here and there maybe something like that and i actually realized i like tequila but instead you were all like <laughs> tequila is my lady my lady come on in guys come on in come on in you're welcome tequila from darkness there is light <laughs> oh man it 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 was definitely my day drink. It's it's not quite as satisfying in the evening hours, I would say. However, I do like it in the daytime hey, because it keeps you up and on you up and up. It's refreshing. It's smooth. Tequila like in the sun is how the Americans won the Mexican American War. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what it was, man. I got I got baked hardcore with seven hours straight in the pool uh, on on our first full day there. Yeah, because you're an idiot. It doesn't wear sunscreen. I did, just didn't reapply enough. I was swimming too much. I'm sure it just got rinsed right off, and I definitely am paying for it now because I'm peeling like an ugly motherfucker right now. So, But anything, you know, other than that, it was just great. It was very laid back, very chill. It was just too big of a resort. That was my only knack of the whole trip was we have 80 people, you know, and there's an adult side and a family side, and it's a classy resort. Um, So... It's not even for the family side. It's not very kitty, you know. It's not very childish. You don't feel that way at all. Right. It's um. It's just so big. Like it was just hard to find everybody and and communicate with everybody and like organize everything. So really, you just talked it up. But like, okay, everybody's just gonna wing it. And when you see each other, if you're playing something, you can just try and coordinate with some people. But other than that, other than rehearsal dinner and the wedding. It's a free for all. I'm not so, gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting a little disappointed because, like, when people go down to Mexico, man, they go down to Mexico. Woo! And like, you and have was, this very was, like. It, it was pretty mundane. I don't know. We went down. We just chilled, man. It was we just, did. It was just I did. You boys like Mexico? Yeah! I, like, know, I know some people that went into town. I know some people that went to play like some local I, golf courses. When right? I go, when I go to Mexico, like I want to, I want to, I want to go wild now, dude. Like I want, yeah. I want to come back across the border with at least ten kilos of cocaine strapped <laughs> to me somewhere. You have no interest. Well, a guy, story. a guy did get a hundred dollars worth of pot. Yeah. In, in, in a guacamole dish that he ordered <laughs> right. through an employee, and then he gets and he's so surprised. He's like, "I, I gave it's the, a shitload of pot. I gave the guy ten bucks. I, I'm gonna need help to smoke all this." <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't the best pot. Well, but of course, it's not the best pot. You paid ten bucks. You got a guacamole. I, mean, I don't. I don't it. smoke particularly, so like, I it's not. 
I'm not a fan of it. But I legit, to, I I'm, allergic, to I'm allergic to marijuana, so yeah. like I can't. Like I get. But I would go and hang out with the pot smokers just yeah. to get away for a little bit and just kind of whatever, hang out and have a have a cigarette if I want to. <laughs> Hey man. But anyway, so it was a good time. It, hey man, it was you still a very fun no, time. No. You'd be a lot cooler if you, you did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Check you later. <laughs> but I think it's mostly because I sort of felt like a host in some type of way too, some small measure. This so I my, wanted to be this there. This is my family. It's a family wedding. I'm a host. Yes. I, I have to. You're the one that's like. Uh, well, be, besides my sister right. and, 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 and her husband, Brian, I pretty much knew the most amount of people there at the wedding. So like it what was one of those parents? things. your parents? But they don't know all of their friends and stuff. I do. I, I've gone to like the parties and like slept all kinds with of stuff. Yeah, slept with half your sister's friends. Yeah, they're mostly all married with kids. And now, just, wow. <laughs> but like that's now. the thing. There's like two parters. Like it's Julie's friends from school. Did you get like up, super then, drunk like, like at the wedding the and just go friends. laid pipe with her, <laughs> smashed with her, bumped uglies with her, just got a BJ from that one. <laughs> Kept it pretty PG thirteen. I mean, there was. Three other singles, female. Were you at the singles um, table? We were. That's the best part about weddings is like to go past the singles uh, table. I think, yeah, kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Um, But no, we're. I was friendly with everybody, and and my my wedding partner. We've been friends for a long time. I actually introduced Julie to that to her, and you know it was. It it was a good, fun family fair. Went by rather quickly. Um, you know, and today, my God, I was just doing nothing. Just laundry and laying I'm around. I'm not gonna lie, like, body I, sore. I, I There's just, no grand story, Dave. There I'm just really so isn't. disappointed. Yeah. There really isn't. I mean, like, there was no other. That was a thing. There was no other. It wasn't that. Your that grand crazy. story is like I don't know. Storm off Brazil gave us seaweed. Now everyone smells like Fisherman's Wharf. There was like, no real singles there that wanted to like bang or anything like that. It was no like attractive. Like, well, thing you have that a girlfriend. Now, you have a girlfriend now. So. Well, you been dating a, for a month. You have. A, well, it, but you, if you were a first, we've never confirmed. Oh, uh, okay. But it's pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it pretty much is. It's time to ask. Like mm. you know, maybe before you went to Mexico, you should have been like, so like you know, if something am I um, free? Not free. I I actually I I told my god, I'm like, look, and there's no, there's other people there that were like, yeah, are you? I'm like, I've been dating somebody for a good month now, and I'm and I I played it cool. I was a good boy. I didn't I didn't I wasn't right. I wasn't like completely single J, right, you're, you're, just trying to fuck anything. That you were news. just like blowjobs only. I can't have sex with anybody. I'm see, I'm, <laughs> I'm dating someone. It's getting pretty serious. So so you know, over the pants and, may, and maybe yeah. a little bit of mouth stuff. We'll, we'll we'll skinny dip and look at each other naked, but that's yeah. the extent. That's the extent. Yeah yeah. We'll cover ourselves up with the disgusting seaweed yeah. that washed up on shore. <laughs> yeah. We'll put we'll put two crabs and pinch them onto your nipples to keep them covered too. That'll there'd be your booby tassels. I mean that, but that but that one day, I mean, it was like the most. If there was a scandalous night, it was it was with her, the two sisters, roomed together at this swim up pool room. Go on, full bo- full bottle of of uh, kettle one. Yeah, and then. It was a nightmare the next day because that's tequila all day long, nighttime switch to bourbon, of course, and then go to their room and start drinking vodka. So that next day hangover, don't I you, needed a double dose of blowfish. Don't you take a break? Like, don't you just like go take a nap, something, cool off, drink water that for was a while? The, that was the miracle. I never needed it. I just didn't need it. I was completely Jones and wild, wild, wilding out. Very. Doesn't sound like you're a wild. Excited, a very, very well, energetic. What I something did, to do. What I did this week was I went to the Phillies game. I got a vest. You know, yeah. they handed out free Phillies uh, vests for all the fathers. It was the Father's Day game. Nice. 
Uh, went there with with my family. Happy Father's Day, Dave. By the Thanks way. Thanks for next week. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Phillies will be out of town for two weeks, so they had their Father's Day game uh, on on Sunday. But uh, you know, my my parents were nice enough to buy tickets for everybody, and I'm very appreciative of that. I had a great time. I don't think Lauren really likes baseball too much because like I was like, are <laughs> we going to go to more games? Because we can, you know, baseball tickets aren't you know aren't, aren't expensive. Like we can go to a game. She's like. Eh, eh. And I was like, ah, it's not not fun for you. I have fun anytime I go to like a sporting event, even if I'm not into the sport. Like I'm not a big baseball fan, right? I can name like three or four Phillies, right? I'm not a huge baseball fan. I would enjoy two games a season for all the sports. Right. I wouldn't mind going to. Right. But other than that, I don't need to go down. Other th- other than like hanging out with with my dad and hanging out with my brother and stuff like that. The highlight is finding a Phillies hat with R2-D2 on it. And R2-D2 is projecting the Phillies P on the hat. And then next to R2-D2, it says, Phillies, you're our only hope. <laughs> and I was like, buying that hat. Yeah, well, of course. Not even a big, of course. Not even a big baseball fan. Buying that hat. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, like Lauren's like, oh, we don't need any souvenirs. You don't even watch baseball. And I was like, but I watch R2. <laughs> <laughs> but I watch Star Wars, and this is and it's Philly, right. so I have to. Right. It's Philadelphia, <laughs> and it's Star Wars, and it's the I love these two things. Yeah. Now these two things are together. Like, I love it. Yeah, just, just yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Lauren. I'm buying this. Yeah, yeah I'm buying this. <laughs> it wasn't a cheap hat. It was like thirty five dollars. Pretty expensive hat. So gonna have to keep that in in, in good condition. <laughs> but <laughs> and guess what, buddy? What's that? It's our boy Thomas Iannucci's birthday. Is it? Oh, happy, I know. Happy birthday to I the deny, I Ill deny, Italian. I, I just found that out earlier today, but I just did not get around to um, messaging him or anything like that. So I just wanted to do it on air. So to our boy out in Hawaii, we love you. Yeah, Thanks man. Thanks for everything and happy birthday. Have a good time. Hopefully you're partying up on the tiny island of Kauai, buddy. Yes. Uh, so yeah, man, that, that's it. That's really all I did this week. Other than probably the most adorable thing in the entire world, I went to my daughter's preschool graduation. Oh, I know. And I saw um, some photos. Yeah, I mean, only like five kids graduated. Very small, very small like type of thing. Um, and but it was just funny because she got up and she gets like so giddy like when she's shy. Uh, she she doesn't clam up. She doesn't freeze up. But like she gets like very fidgety. Her mannerisms. Yeah, and yeah. like she she like puts her her hands like over her mouth and she's like my name is logan and like she gives her her, her two last names my kid has two last names hyphenated <laughs> which is gonna be a nightmare for her um and then she's like i'm five years old i'm graduating preschool and i want to be a doctor and then she goes and sits down and Aww. i was like yay daddy's gonna be poor forever <laughs> Because he's got to pay for you to be a doctor. You better be like a good doctor too, and not like one of those like uh, Cairo night school chiropractors. Because <laughs> I'm gonna need you to take care of me when I get older. Yeah, well, it could be worse. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was, it was nice. You know, we didn't, we we didn't get a chance to stay long. Uh, unfortunately, I had to take the day off of work to go out there, and it was it was a very short ceremony and stuff like that. And then her mom had things planned for her and stuff. So we ended up coming back and putting up our ghetto pool, man, the inflatable ghetto pool. I can't wait to get it's, in. It's back. Believe me, we're probably gonna be going back into it before after our recordings later on. Yeah, during the starts, summertime once it starts getting hotter. We'll <laughs> yeah, be going do, doing some late night swimming. We've, we've sessions. done that before. Close on, sir. Close, well, close, close on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. 
All right, Jay, so what have you been up to? What have you been watching this week, man? What did you get down to seeing? I know you were busy, so you may not have gotten to see Yeah, a this was lot. actually the previous week, and I saw some things I wasn't able to mention before, but I'll pre- briefly get into it. I finally saw Crazy Rich Asians, and um, you know, it was one of those films that I know some people thought it was like, okay, it was great, blah, 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 this and that. Some people were like, it's just a typical rom-com. It's a very typical rom-com, rom-com with, with that cultural background. With, sure. And, and it, that's very much what uh, my big fat Greek wedding was but the week 10 years, prior, years my ago. My mother called it. My mother called it, and she was fucking dying, and she loved it. And oh, she was like watching it. In pieces from the middle, from the first start, the it's, back car, and like she she's not one of those like start to finish type watchers, so she was piecing together the movie. It's a very digestible movie, and it is, and it is. So I finally ca- caught around to seeing it, and it is. It's enjoyable. It's a feast for the eyes. I thought the acting was pretty well done, and it is a very paint by numbers typical rom com. Yeah, and that um, wedding is fucking ridiculous when they when they when they flood the the uh, like the the walkway for the bride to come down when they flood wow. the aisle and she starts walking wow. down and like there's like, like floating on, lotuses uh, and shit and I'm like fuck out of here I fucking hate you and you disgust <laughs> me with your money the fuck I can't help but get that feeling too I had my wedding in the back of an Italian restaurant you know <laughs> bottle of red ooh no. bottle of white yours was beautiful stop and it all depends upon your <laughs> appetite true true I'll meet you anytime you want our Italian restaurant, restaurant. anyway uh, it's a very musical episode for me <laughs> It's probably because I I I I'll talk about the film I watched. So anyway, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. I did. I really did. It was fun. And also, I finally caught to see Amy, the documentary Amy, all about, about Amy, Amy Winehouse. Winehouse. Yeah. So it was a it was a documentary that I've heard about. They try to take me back to rehab. I won't go. Oh, oh. Yep. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that lady. Uh. I wasn't crazy about her music I and stuff, but a hundred percent crazy about. It. I was, she had some. It was body. She had some. There's three or four rabid songs. fans like she had. Oh some, yeah, like she absolutely. Had, yeah, three or four, three or four songs that I really like of hers, and I like her. I like her style as far as what she wanted to bring to the music scene, yeah. and that's what the documentary really entails is her unique spin on music that was not around for up and coming artists at that time you know and she had that kind of soulful jazziness to her and it was really refreshing and different and it was one of those things that i really appreciated because i do love jazz and i like that bluesy kind of like small speakeasy feel and right. you got the girl up there and she's just spelting out a song in their inner vibe and her feels i enjoyed it it was devastating it's hard to stick yeah. the process because of the drug addiction and and amongst everything but mostly it was about the fame you know and and, the, and how some people just can't handle that level of scrutiny really scrutiny yeah, variety and oh god being famous has to, like, has to be one of the just the fucking work you get assholes like us on podcasts talking sure. about you yeah yeah you know making assumptions about you that you know they don't know the truth and stuff it's just you know i I would have such a problem if I was if I was famous in any type of way because I would I would, oh you would be terrible dude I'd be reading the comments I would be Ryan Johnson responding to every negative comment on Twitter and stuff you'd be like getting that. in fights too probably. oh yeah I'd be like go fuck yourself oh I know <laughs> I'd be like, you, you would not it just wouldn't work it wouldn't work I would be such a like I would be that person where you're like wow this guy's really losing and it's like no I'm perfectly sane I just have an anger problem <laughs> I just no and I'll be honest I would um. 
I knowing me, this is I I could I could do it. But this is I I know that I would need somebody to watch over me, so I would not have social media. Yeah, I'd be those type. I would I would specifically knowing me, I would remove all you'd social have media. Hire, you'd have to hire someone to run your social media, so you don't see that shit. Right. Yeah. I like. I don't want to. I don't want to partake in it at all. Yeah. I yeah. can't because yeah, I, I could, will get sucked into it. and I'll get fucking depressed. I could. I just. I. I just know. Like you know. Luck, luckily, we're on this show. It's never going anywhere. No one's. No one's ever going to listen to us, so we don't have to worry about anything. Like <laughs> we're pretty much just talking to ourselves. Pretty much just talking to ourselves. Just. Uh, just putting our voices off into the ether to do nothing. But uh, any uh, anything else that you watched? Yeah, I saw this little indie ditty called Her Smell. <laughs> I hate no, this movie. No, wait, stop, stop. Can we do a Jay's Indie Corner? Let's. let's I let's, really don't want to. Let's, let's no, hit the Jay's Indie is, Corner music. Is... Stop, we're hitting the Jay's Indie Corner music. <laughs> All right, Jay. So you watched the little indie ditty. I her did. smell. Her and my, smell. My fake synopsis for her smell. Uh, for, we haven't done indie indie corner in a long I know, time. I know. So for any new listeners, indie corner is when Jay brings up a little indie ditty. I like to immediately, based on name alone, come up with a fake synopsis for this indie film, and then and this is uh, too good tonight. Yeah, <laughs> tonight too. And then Jay will tell us what the film is really about, and then break it down for us. So my fake synopsis for for this movie, her smell is. Dude is out at a bar. He's out in the club. You know they're having a great time, getting hot, getting sweaty, getting drinks. He meets a woman. They dance. They vibe. They take a little Molly. You know uh, they the it, it becomes early morning. The sunshine is 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 the sun's just coming up, and and they go back to her place. They things start getting hot and heavy, and uh, mm. you know he's he's going he's going down on her as she's laying down. He starts unbuckling uh, unbuckling her pants and stuff like that, Ooh. and he starts having this flashback to a thing that his uncle told him once you know everyone has that uncle that creepy uncle who overshares well this is his uncle fred who overshared with him when he was a young man and uncle fred told him if you can smell her by the time you reach her belly button you got to turn away <laughs> <laughs> i so, concur right. i've experienced it before once. so 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 it, it becomes like this this moment of like <sighs> I'm there. I'm at the belly button. I'm unbuttoning the pants. If I smell it here, I got to get up and I got to walk away. And that's that's why it's called her smell, Jay. Cuz he's, you know, or the, the 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 adverse to it is every, you know, every man who says they won't go down on a woman because of a smell, you know what? Go run a mile, wipe your balls with your hands and smell them. And then smell your fingers and then tell me that women don't deal with a worse smell than any man ever has to. I'm sorry. You should go down on your ladies, fellas. You should. You should do it. You have to. You have to. Don't be. Otherwise, you're not going to get a good girl at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So that's that's Girls appreciate that. That's my fake synopsis, Jay. What is her smell actually about? It is actually about a self-destructive punk rocker, kind of like a Courtney Love style. All right, so the thing, so so the club part I got right so yeah. far. All right, yeah. And she's mostly just struggling with her growing sobriety issues and trying to really recapture that kind of creative inspiration that she had when they were just starting out. Um, and sounds this like a movie I watched this week is a mess of okay. a movie. I've you know this has a lot of strong different viewpoints from some people who who have actually seen this movie some people really appreciate it and really liked it i hated it i thought it was an insanely just overall disappointing film okay that has a lot of long one take scenes a lot of pointless meandering misunderstood scenes that don't make any kind of sense whatsoever and it has a host of interesting actors in there i mean for the most part 
Um, some, you know, so this character is actually played by Elizabeth Moss. Oh, okay. Normally, I do like quite a bit, and she goes for broke. Yeah. I mean, she's not bad in it. It's just, you know, this is written and directed by Alex Ross Perry. I don't know this guy at all. He's done some odd things here and there. Uh, I've the never only seen Alex anything. Ross I know of is a comic book artist. So. <laughs> he's done a little bit of acting, a little bit of writing, a little bit of directing. I don't think he's anything uh, of substance or special. Uh, but Dan Stevens plays her husband, and Cara Delevingne, you know, she plays a role as another different kind of rival band with Ashley Benson, and like, so there are some people here, but God, it's just it's it's exhausting, right? And in the music sucks, and it's just kind of infuriating to watch because you're just impatiently waiting for something to actually happen, you know? And there's just no gratifying outcome of this movie whatsoever. Not really. It tries to, but it just doesn't succeed whatsoever. So, you know, this is a C-minus movie for me. I, I, I kind of respect for what they try to do. It just did not deliver, and it was frustratingly long as well at two hours and 15 minutes. Speaking of Elizabeth Moss, have you seen the trailer for the film that she's in with Melissa McCarthy called The Kitchen? Very odd. Yeah. Uh, like I the, don't know what to make of that, Dave. So so if you I don't know what The Kitchen it. is, these are, these are the wives of gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in the 1970s. Uh, and they begin to take over their husband's uh, criminal enterprises, and they kind of become enthralled in like gang warfare. So it's it's ex- the trailer is extremely strange because like it. It uh it starts off as like a Haha, this is going to be hilarious women as gangsters. Well, the, the three <laughs> Tiffany Haddish right. as well. What yeah. a what a knee slapper that's gonna be, right? And then like out of nowhere, it turns into this hard crime drama, like where like they are in gang wars. Like Elizabeth Moss, they show a scene where she's taking a baseball bat or a machete to yeah. someone's head in a in an alleyway, and she's covered in blood and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, this is not the route I was expecting this trailer to go <laughs> well this is the first time directed film from andrea okay um andrea Bariloff, and she has done some interesting writing credits you know yeah, with it, straight out compton world trade center whatever i was but just surprised by it because i was like i'm not i'm not feeling it oh i'm feeling it i want i definitely want to check it out I, uh, it, but the trailer I don't know if it was the way the cinematography was. I just it just seemed a little no, too. No, it's very 1970s looking. Maybe maybe it was just a little too clean looking. Like I just couldn't take the actor serious when they went from the start to well, the finish. Well, that's what I mean. To that's, go serious. That's, I'm like that's uh, a tonal thing. Like it starts off as like this. This is a Melissa McCarthy, you know, comedy. It's yeah. it's it's going to be a lot like uh, it's going to be a lot like what was that movie? Hot Pursuit that she was in or sure. Spy and stuff like that. Right. Like it's a Melissa McCarthy vehicle. He- and then like it it <laughs> it changes. Like it just turns and well, you're like. Does. Oh, oh, oh my. Oh, oh, they are shooting people for like for reals. And like, this is dark. Straight and like, faced, yeah. Yeah. And like, they are, they are in legit, get, like, they even talk about going into a neighborhood at one point and you're like, we can't go in there. We're never going to come out alive. And then like, Elizabeth Moss character is just like, so what time do we leave? What should I wear? And she's like, no, this isn't a joke. And I was like, I thought it was a joke. I'm watching the trailer. The trailer made me think it was a joke. Now it's not a joke. Now they're really dying and killing people. Jesus Christ. And then it ends with I, I all them like it. counting money. And Melissa McCarthy's just like, I, I lost count. 
I gotta start over again. They have so much money out on the table. It's like I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. I want. I, I kind of want to give this a shot. So I but, I don't know. But speaking of know. Elizabeth Moss again, uh, I started watching Handmaid's Handmaid's Tale season three. That uh, oh, that did is, I just start? It started about a couple weeks ago. Ooh. So there is three episodes up. I want to say right now. Me and Lauren. I need the to get three. on that. I'll be honest. Handmaid's Tale is not like one of those shows where like I watch it religiously. Like I I don't sit there. I watch it religiously. Um, Lauren's the big fan of it. I pick up episodes here and there and I, I so I, I'm not as big a fan as like some other people, but so far I'm enjoying the season. I'm enjoying where they're going with it. And Bradley Whitford is a big character this season and I love him. My man. Sure. I oh, love yeah. uh, Bradley. My He's man. Fantastic. My man. Tequila is this, my lady. My lady. This is a good role for him because <laughs> I can see him fitting into this world pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite role of his is still and always will be Cabin in the Woods, but <laughs> Um, but other than that, I watched all of season five of Black Mirror, man, and what an absolute fucking letdown that was. That dropped too. It dropped. Jesus last, Christ! Last what else did I miss when I was in Mexico? So uh, <laughs> it, yeah, I didn't like it, man. Uh, the 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 first, the whole season. Pretty much. All the episodes? Pretty, Nothing? There's only three of them. But still. <laughs> the first one has Anthony Mackie in it, and they are about two friends who go... Uh, if friend well, buys I know a, the, the trailer didn't wow me. Yeah. I know that. So The guy okay. buys... The, the one friend buys Anthony Mackie a video game. It works like virtual reality. You go inside the video game, and um, while inside the video game, they begin a romantic relationship with one another, and then it becomes a question about whether they are gay or not. Whether, like, two men having a... Because one avatar uh, is a female and one avatar of the other guy is a male so when they go in when they do stuff with each other like is that gay like it becomes like this big question between them like you know where does their relationship stand now are they best friends are they gay are they what like and huh. it, it's it's that one was the most interesting one okay and uh now it makes me feel very strange when i ask duty from shaken not nerd like <laughs> you want to play video games <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange now because it's like I don't know is this like is this like our boy date time is that what we're doing um, well, what do you what do you think of that because they that was a long time from season two to, um, or no season four to season five I don't know what, and then coming out with three let down let down episodes three let down episodes yeah. I mean that's the second episode was not crazy a little about. startling it's a hostage situation and it takes place in 2018 so it's not even futuristic so like this show that was about like this allegory for uh, as cautionary tales of where yeah. our technology can lead us sure. you're now telling a contemporary story that's cautionary about the about the uh, about the technology we have today and it winds up being a a PSA about not driving while looking at your phone like it becomes a, a don't text and drive PSA mm. in the end uh, and I, I was I did not like the second episode at all I thought I was going to I thought it was leading it's like one of those Black Mirror episodes where it's like you're waiting for it to lead you to the reveal sure. that like really bridge which can be home, big which yeah and and like and, and and you wind up loving it and it just didn't come like it, it wow. just and a lot of these are ending the way the episodes are ending now they end with more of of like an open-ended ending then they kind of fill in a little bit of the open-ended pieces throughout the credits so you actually have to watch the credits really they have scenes during the credits uh, as well yeah it bothered me and then finally the last one miley is cyrus ashley too yeah where miley cyrus's consciousness is stuck in the toy that she released out to to people and yeah i i it's very straight it's almost like they they cast these people Especially the Miley Cyrus episode. It's like they cast Miley Cyrus and then wrote a story around her. 
And and that's what's really like drawing me out of it is like these are some of these actors that are in now are big name. Anthony Mackie is a pretty big name actor, you know. Oh yeah, Miley Cyrus is pretty well known universally. And then um in the in the second episode, it's Topher Grace. So he's oh, he's wow. in it. Yeah, and 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 I'll be honest, Topher Grace's character is probably like the best part. I liked him in that. Uh, but it, so it, it's taken me out of it, and it doesn't feel like Black Mirror anymore. It just didn't. It didn't feel like the Black Mirror that I fell in love yeah. with in season. Seasons one, two, and three. That's really disappointing. Season four was I was you know half and half on. Like I liked some of it, especially yeah, me too, me you too. know. But the USS McAllister loved that episode. But there's you know there's there, there's still a lot to love in season four. Season five, dude. All three episodes. I don't know, man. You're gonna have to give it a shot and let me know what you think. I will. But you know, it's a short watch, three hours. You watch indie movies that are longer than that. So hell, <laughs> what one half of the uh, Nymphomaniac volumes <laughs> was three hours, and you watch that I shit. Know. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Let me know what you think. I did not like it. So okay. um, I, I'm kind of. No, I'm definitely gonna see it. Regardless. It's one of those things where like I wish they just uh, step away when you're the champion. You know. Retire the belt, hang it up. Yeah, but I still think there was plenty of things that you can still do. There's a ton of stuff they could have done. Um, I wouldn't even mind if they even went back and did like. You don't want to stray from that formula too much, I, you know. Yeah, I think you that's what happened. To. I think that's what happened. They th- this 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 season definitely brought it to contemporary, you know, and and they made it feel not necessary. And I don't want to say like too real, uh, but like it it was too relatable in a way like it, it, it's it's not a cautionary tale of the far-flung future of where we're heading it's more of like a this is either a couple years from now or in one story's case 2018 a year ago so uh yeah not 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 loving it didn't like it at all and then jay i uh watched rocket man you reviewed it last week yes and uh yeah it's probably why i'm so musical this week it's why mm-hmm. i'm singing so much but uh you know what i really 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 enjoyed it i didn't love it but i really enjoyed it i love i well, Me too i yeah. love teron egerton i loved him in the role i thought he was absolutely fantastic the best part of the movie he he no he absolutely is 100 percent. jamie bell i loved in it as well i love I, I love i loved him in the role i, I like that dynamic between the two i like that the story portrayal of that you know where he's in love with him but the other guy just loves him as a friend and they're brothers and they you know it's it's a bond that carries them through yeah, true story you through know? their career and stuff like that um i i you know, I wasn't crazy about the musical numbers being used as like these montages that take us into into uh, his life, kind of. Yeah, like, into like a new yeah. a, a new era in his life, a new age mm-hmm. in his life. You know, uh, some of them worked for me, some of them didn't. Right, and and I I found it like. I found it a little a little jarring because I'm like, all right, you know, we when we started out, it's, we're in like it's 19- an ambitious musical, right? We're in the late '60s, <laughs> early '70s, and then next thing I know, we're in like 1975-ish, maybe late 1980s, and it's like it just keeps bouncing around. Uh-huh. And it, even though it's all linear and stuff like that, it, it, it feels like they're glossing over some stuff that, like, I was like, I guess that you know that kind of feels like a, a big deal. But they're kind of glossing over it in this musical number. So that was like a little bit jarring to me. But I understand that the real story in it, the real through line for it is his addiction stuff, which is why like... Which was surprising. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody... I mean, obviously, people knew that he you know, had struggles and has been sober for a while. But I didn't think that this movie was going to be 
really focusing on yeah that i gotta say that like that so much the big thing that like really drew me in was egerton's performance i yes. loved his performance i thought it was fantastic uh i you know once like reading that like tom hardy was was mentioned one time for being it and that uh, i know you mentioned justin timberlake last week but also you know james mcavoy and daniel radcliffe were both like just mm. like in early in pre-production like just before they were filming those it was between those two to play the role and then somehow Teron Egerton came out of nowhere and and, and now wound we can't up landing envision the role. anybody else it, right? right and then I'm sitting here like and after reading that I was like thinking about James McAvoy in that role and Daniel Radcliffe and neither one of them really fit for me but Teron Egerton such a wonderful voice does all of his own singing in it I thought yes. he did a fantastic job and you're right you know, and you know, where they ended the movie with the song that they used, it was so perfect. It's just it's perfect. It carries you right through to the end and uh, leaves you with a leaves you with a great toe tapping feeling when you walk away. So, I mean, I, I I wouldn't score it terribly high, but you know, I I I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, I still like Bohemian Rhapsody more. So, yeah, that's that that, and I think you were surprised by my grade because I gave it a B, yeah. which was. But uh, no, having seen it now, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. 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 I get it. Uh, so, but it's still worth a watch. I think it's still worth a yeah, watch. Yeah, sure. You know, you may not have to go out to the theater to see it, but people love Elton John's music. And Taron Edgerton uh, singing these songs oh, himself does not do I love, a disservice to his songs. I love Elton really, John. I saw, I've saw. i seen him twice in concert. I saw him, oh, cool. I yeah. saw him with Billy Joel twice. Uh, they went on tours wow. together. Yeah. yeah. The two piano men together. And it was it was, it was great. Like I they, would have loved that. They, they did a great thing. Elton John would come out first and then Billy Joel would come out and then they would both come out together and they would do like this dueling pianos where they would play like part of an Elton John song and then Billy Joel would pick up with one of his songs and starts and like they and then eventually just became like a duet like it was so perfectly balanced and they they really complimented each other and stuff like that it was great That's I loved beautiful. it I loved it it was such such a great experience I loved seeing both of them live and I love both their music so you know I, I don't think you can live in the Northeast and not like Billy Joel you know that's true <laughs> things are okay for me these days i got a new job i got a new office i got a new life i got a new wife and my family is fine oh lost touch long ago let's go review two movies all right uh i did see two movies this week i did get out to the theaters and i saw dark phoenix and on friday night uh, amc was holding early releases uh if you were if you were amc club member you got to go see jim jaramush's the dead don't die two weeks early so i managed to get out and see the dead don't die as well so i got two five minute ish reviews for those coming up All right, Jay, you were a little bit busy this week uh, being down in Mexico, and uh, I was able to get out to the theaters and see two movies to review. So the first one up is a film that you and I were extremely excited about. We saw the tra- we did the- we saw the trailer. We did a trailer park on it. It's Jim Jaramusch's The Dead Don't Die. The hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. 
ghouls. I think what sold me on this movie from the get-go was, first off, Jim Jaramusch. He's made films that I've enjoyed in the past, Coffee and Cigarettes, Broken Flowers. Those are those are my two favorite films from him. I find I find them extremely funny um, in a, both an awkward sense and in conversational comedic timing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I found I find I find both those movies extremely charming and lovable. Uh, and the cast, man, Bill Murray, you know, Adam Driver. Uh, Steve Buscemi, I absolutely love the cast. Danny Glover, you know, it was, and, and the cast is, it, this cast of characters is so good in their mundane, <laughs> in their mundane nature. And that's what it is. It's about a small town where the zombies, zombies rise, uh, after a natural disaster has occurred due to fracking <laughs> on the polar ice caps. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, zombies so rise. So there's a little political. There's 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 a lot of little things. <laughs> uh, they rise, and the town sheriff and his deputy, played by Bill Murray and Adam Driver, have to uh, survive it um, uh, while breaking the fourth wall. At times, too, it's dude. It is fourth wall. They break the fourth wall. Uh, so, like, uh, th- so this trailer was pretty misleading then, because it's it just so seemed to be like a that's a nice Jim, but had a little punchy flair to it. But a nice Jim Jerry mooshes kind of take to zombies right right and with a fun small town but you didn't feel um i'm thinking zombies you know uh, the undead this is a little surprising ghouls ghouls Oh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this trailer did sell me on it. So I, I, you know, I was very much looking forward to this. Uh, now I wasn't expecting like Zombieland or or Shaun oh, yeah, the yeah. Dead, but I know people who just watch this trailer are, are are expecting that. If they're not familiar with Jim Jaramusch, that's what they're expecting. They're going in there and they're expecting a zombie comedy like that, and it's it's not here. It, this is 100% a Jim Jaramusch film. Tom Waits is in it, for Christ's sakes. Um, you know, of course. It's, so it's, it, it's extremely deadpan in its comedy and delivery. So if you don't find humor in deadpan, if you don't think just like that absolute flat delivery of jokes is funny in any way, you're going to get zero enjoyment out of this film. If you don't find hilarity in the mundane, you're not going to find comedy in this jokes. If you don't like political statements literally being slapped across your face like a dead wet fish, you're not going to like this movie. I get the feeling there's going to be more people who dislike this movie than like it. I, the- I think um, you're right. However, let me ask you this. Do you think since you have – I s- am expecting a little bit of a mix of emotions You're expecting? On, congratulations. You're going to be a daddy. Do you think you can – actually enjoy this movie more in repeat viewings or less in repeat viewings I, I'm, I'm because you I'm, are a semi jeremy's fan i'm probably never gonna watch this movie again okay okay i'm never gonna watch this movie right. again uh so while i while i do find the the some of the moments extremely funny and it got a a, a few like you know laughs out of me when i say laughs i don't mean like belly laughs or anything like that like a <laughs> you know what i mean just like yeah. a little I got it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's those are the type of laughs you're going to get in this. Um, you know, people repeating things. You know, like there's there's they, they discover dead bodies and someone goes in and and they're like, "What do you think it was? Animals? Several wild animals?" And then someone else goes in and look at the bodies and they're like, "Geez, I don't know what could have done that." Is it Fargo esque? Maybe animals. Several dead animals, <laughs> like, and then a third person goes in, comes out, says the exact same thing, and then on the news later on, they're like, "It looked like two people were attacked by animals, or several dead, a- several animals." <laughs> Jesus, 
So it's like if you don't find that type of humor funny, like if you're listening to me saying that and you're like, okay, why is that funny? It's because it's all about the delivery and the actor and how they deliver it. Sure. That makes it funny. Uh, is it like Fargo? In a way. Except there is no real story or intrigue. Because I just recently rewatched Fargo. Yeah. And it's hilarious, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, but hey, it, but hey, again, it's not for everybody, though. Hey, Margie, you okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just got a bit of the morning sickness. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> you actually got a good yeah. accent right there. That's, that was on point. <laughs> oh, look at the size of this fella. I find that hilarious, far funnier than the dead don't die. Okay, uh, I think that that was that was a, a much a much better, more punchier version of of this type of comedy than the dead don't die is. Uh, and like I said, yeah, man, they, they 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 break the fourth wall. Like right in the beginning, there's a song on the radio, and uh, Bill Murray says, "Like I've never heard of this song," and he goes, "Well, it's the theme song." <laughs> Adam Driver tells him it's the theme song for for the movie. The theme song, <laughs> and and then they ignore that, and that, that that doesn't come up until the end of the film that they wow. the, the fourth wall being broken. It doesn't come up until later. Tom Waits has like a strange voiceover at the end, and I mean, look, it's it's a zombie movie in that there are zombies in it, but it's more of a political statement film about environmental, uh, you know, a, a, about the environment and and global warming, and then also a a a an allegory for consumerism, just like George A. Romero always intended. Rabid consumerism. You know, we well, see you see in the trailer when the one zombie wakes up, she says Chardonnay. I'm like, did she just say Chardonnay? You know, it's zombies are looking for coffee. There's teenage zombies walking around with phones in their hand going, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. So it's like this allegory of like rampant consumerism and sure. like people looking for that thing that that they loved in life that made them feel whole, that one thing that they that they cherished in life. So um yeah, it's just it's so hard to like recommend it to anybody. Certainly an ambitious uh film. Yeah, man. I and and, for and to be coming out in the summer. I think this is a very strange time for this to be coming out. I think it's um I think what 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 it is is the I think two the financiers are, are are just essentially trying to cash grab as much as possible they because are banking, of the genre and the cast. That's it. They're banking on zombie comedy Opening summer weekend and just people going in and seeing fingers crossed. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I really don't think people are, are are going to love this. I found a fair bit of enjoyment in it, but I know that like it's a hard recommend for people. Lauren has a very similar sense of humor to me. We watched it together. She didn't like it. Mm. She didn't find it funny at all. She found it extremely boring and borderline ridiculous at other times. So uh, my score for The Dead Don't Die, C+. I'm going to give it a C+. I, okay. I, there's there's enjoyment there. It's still there. And Adam Driver is wonderful with deadpan. He is great with oh, comedic yeah. timing and delivery and stuff like that. We all know Bill Murray's great at that. Like We know he's got that down. And uh, I got to say, Tota Swinton also is is fantastic in it. You know, I, I, I love her. She's this very quirky character and stuff like that. And uh, the reveal for her at the end will certainly have you scratching your head. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're going to be like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that, but there it is. <laughs> There's a lot of that in this movie, uh, and it's it's tough for me to say yeah, go out and watch it because I don't. I don't. Well, think I I like will it. because I am a Jeremish fan and I like to support him as much as possible. So I will get around to seeing it. I wanted to see it, and um, but your next review movie 
I might not. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anybody is, is going to. So next up, Jay, I unfortunately, <laughs> just to bury the lead right there, I went out and saw X-Men Dark Phoenix, this uh, X-Men film that has been in development for a very long time. Uh, they spent a ton of money in reshoots on this movie. Uh, it was delayed several times, and it's finally out. And it's here. Jane, why don't you start at the beginning? Something's happened to me. Something I can't control. And it scares me. It feels good. She'll kill us all. A girl dies. Get down! Are you threatening me? Because that would be a bad idea. The year is 1992. It's nine years after the events of X-Men Apocalypse, 19 years after Days of Future Past, and 30 years after the first class. And these motherfuckers have found the fountain of youth because Professor X and Magneto are somewhere in their early 60s. Hank McCoy is in his 50s. And the younger cast members should all be in their late 20s or so. And no one has aged a fucking bit. And I'm sitting here trying to watch these movies with some minuscule amount of continuity, something to like to to that that I, I can follow. And for me, that that stuff really bothers me. You know, I'm finding that there's no continuity. In fact, Fox has pretty much taken the continuity after Days of Future Past, which was which was made to kind of correct the continuity. They threw it all in a blender, hit puree, and now I'm left choking it down and trying not to vomit. That's how I feel while watching mm. it. I am a story guy, so I'm also a continuity guy, right? So when you have this universe that's 12 films large now, and there is seemingly no continuity between films, it drives me absolutely insane. Like, you know, the, it, it really, and we talked about this with, with X-Men Apocalypse too. I remember my review for Apocalypse was a big downgrade for it was the fact that these people should be older and they're not, you know, Fastbender still looks like Fastbender. Right. McAvoy still looks like McAvoy and it's fine that they look like, but they've done very little to age them up to make you believe that there's been any type of passage of time. You know, the, the year is just a setting. It does nothing more for your characters. You know, they haven't grown with age. They haven't become anything different. And for certain characters like Hank McCoy, he makes character decision decisions that are so far off from what his character has been previously in the rest of the films. It makes absolutely no sense. There are just some things that go on in this movie. The motivations for some of the characters are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, mm. Towards the end, there's a point where Nightcrawler just goes on a killing spree. And I'm like, that's not Nightcrawler. He's a freaking, he's, he's a religious guy. Like they, they mentioned that in the other films. He's not, he's not some maniac who gets upset because something just happened and goes on a killing spree. And the people he's killing, Jay, I gotta say, uh, this, this might spoil something a little bit. So minor spoilers here, but the group of, of people who capture the mutants towards the end of the movie are the mutant containment unit. Say it with me. Mutant containment unit. Now mutant put it in an anagram. M C U. The MCU are trying to capture the mutants and keep them locked up. Oh <laughs> boy. 
And if that can it be any more obvious? If that is like I, I've heard a few people say like that's just a coincidence. They've had mutant containment units and stuff like that before. And no, I'm sorry. When they use the MCU and they put it so blatantly on the screen like that, that it, it's definitely a nod. It's definitely a nod to 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 the recent buyout. Uh, and even then, you know, even when this film was in production, the buyout was almost a foregone conclusion. So I, I got to <laughs> think this is Simon Ginberg's just a little elbow, yeah, you know, a little elbow in the ribs. And you know, it there was just so much in this film that that bothered me. There's and I and I and I want to say like the acting isn't part of it. You know, Fassbender is still fantastic as Magneto. He's only ever been fantastic as Magneto. It's a wonderful role for him. It's a shame that the stories that he's in don't do anything more to elevate that character. They stopped elevating him after Days of Future Past. Uh, McAvoy is still pretty <clears throat> solid as Professor X. Okay. Ty Sheridan is an okay Scott Summers, right? He's an okay Cyclops. I don't feel like leadership from him. I don't feel, I don't feel any type of real presence from him in the film. And that, that's a problem because I should feel for him, right? It's his girlfriend that's gone, that's gone insane. That, that, that's become the dark Phoenix. So, uh, you know, but he's, he's, he's not bad in it at all. And Sophie Turner, I quite like in the movie too. Uh, it's just, it's the story, man. It's, did she have the most screen time or she was not. she was mostly like the, no, she was there. She was there. The fair villain esque kind of role. No, she was there a fair bit. No, she's the tragic villain. There are a, right. there are a group of aliens who are also hunting the Phoenix Force, which is inside of Jean Grey. So you got the X Men who are going after Jean Grey to stop her and 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 bring her home and stuff and try to help her. And then you have the the aliens who we really get no much explanation for as to what they are or anything like that. We just know that they're kind of like these elemental forces that existed and they're ancient and stuff like that. And they also want the Phoenix Force uh, for their own use because apparently, as well as destroying life, the Phoenix Force can also create life. So they want to create their own planet and they also want to destroy all of humanity and use the Phoenix Force to rebuild it. Uh, it's yeah, yeah it's, it seems extremely confusing. And that's the problem. Plot, script, it's all a problem. All of it is a problem. And I say all that while knowing in Dave, my heart thank God it's all over this is not the worst X-Men movie X-Men Apocalypse is worse than this X-Men Origins Wolverine is worse than this this is more on par with like the last stand there will be a moment or two in it that you enjoy there will be things that happen in the movie where where you enjoy it and it feels like a minor payoff and there's just most of the film that you're going to wind up scratching your head just going okay mm. sure you know, uh, one of the things in superhero movies that really bothers me is when there's no limitation to powers, right? When when seemingly anyone can do anything that the script calls them to do. So Storm is a character who can use the weather, right? She can she can uh, she can call on high winds. She can call on 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 freezing rain. She can draw lightning out of the clouds and strike people with it. But in this film, she's throwing lightning from her hands. Not calling it from the sky like she controls the weather. Like she just has lightning in her at all times. There's a point where she's in space, Jay. So she didn't develop that? No, I don't know. They don't explain mm -hmm. that. Okay. There's a point where they're in space, Jay, and she starts freezing things. What weather is there in space? For weather, there must be atmosphere. If there's no atmosphere, there's no weather. If there's no weather, Storm has no powers. <laughs> 
But here she does. So the script called for her to use her powers at this point. So she used them. And that, that bothers me. It's like, you're not, you're not setting any type of expectations, any rules. And that goes back to my problem of continuity with the Fox universe of X-Men films. I just don't understand that. That was like a six minute rant. I know some kind of shit boxed movie with this kind of budget and expecting what? People to go want to see it. Here's the thing: I don't think they knew they were making a shitbox movie. I 100 percent think that. But these things are such a noticeable dude. You got to you got to like Simon Kinberg has been involved with the X Men films pretty much since the beginning. He's been around since he's been a producer on the films for a long time. It's his first time directing. But some um, of this stuff is common sense. And and there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen. You know, coming with this movie coming out, there's a ton of cooks in the kitchen. Yet studio, you know, at one point this was supposed to save fox at another point it's now supposed to come out and please disney and in my conspiracy theorist mind i think disney wanted this to fail even though they spent a lot of money for for uh reshoots and stuff i think disney wanted this to fail they needed this to fail if this if this was a hit if this was popular it keeps the zeitgeist of this franchise alive and it means that they can't do what they want with the characters they kind of have to please Mm. people and try to keep this franchise alive where instead if this movie was a big bomb now they have a reason to go well we can just redo it just redo it all and i think that's what they wanted i think they wanted to do it their way i'm not saying that's that that that's a bad thing that mcu used to do it their own way um but they will in a few years and i think i hope they take time and they'll do they'll they'll do a fine job with that i'm not worried about that um you know it's just unfortunate because they didn't necessarily cast poorly no i think these films at all i think sophie turner's a good jean gray i i like her as an actress It's just disappointing with the people and i gotta say like for the character i thought she did a better job as jean gray in this movie than she did in apocalypse i thought this was a better this was a, a better character portrayal for her good um but in the end like you know it is just it's just it, the the wrapping is just so bad like it's just it's just not there's nothing there that is any good and i know i'm trashing this movie a lot while saying it's not the worst x-men film <laughs> it's not the worst i i think a lot of the yeah. negative hype for it is is a lot of hyperbole mm. i think i think a lot of people were expecting this to fail they got there it was as bad as they as they thought it was going to be and it's just not it's it's just not getting a fair look when i was watching it i was trying to find things to enjoy and there certainly are those moments there certainly are moments there that you can enjoy as a, i mean dazzler's in the movie if you're an x-men fan dazzler's there dazzler's in it that's cool for me because i'm a geek and i geek out over little things like that so i i did find my enjoyment in it i'm not going to say i I loved it. I, this is like an HBO film for me. Like it's I not will even catch that, it. Jay. It's not. Oh, even it's that. not even that. It's not even that. Ew. It's like a. It, it, it's like a. You have gangrene on your leg and you can't get out of bed <gasps> and you're watching FX movies. Oh God. And uh, you know, and okay. And next up after X Men Apocalypse, which you almost clawed your eyes out while watching, is Dark Phoenix in a, in a couple years, and then you're gonna be like, all right, well, I can't reach the remote, so guess I'm gonna watch Dark <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> That's the I, I can only t- imagine what this grade is going to be. Uh, it's a D plus. I'm surprised it's that high. It's a D plus. It's okay. like, you know, it, 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 it's just, it, 
I don't want to say like it's an F because I can see effort there and I see some great acting and I'm still seeing Magneto and I like the way the story for Magneto and Professor X goes. Right, like I like right, the ending D- for those right, two. I guess D plus is fair. Right. And for me, this franchise started with those two. We go to first class and like, uh, of course, yeah. they were the draw and they've been the draw for me since the they beginning. They always have been and, and yeah. they've been fantastic in their roles they have been and they really and, have and that's that's really the saving grace for it is i don't think the acting is terrible i just think the script and the plot is just it's meandering and it's fucked and it was just it, it was just too much they you know they really needed to simplify this they really needed to to bring it back down to earth no pun intended um but yeah uh not even like cautionary just don't see it it's just not worth it it's not worth your money it's it's not really even worth your time. It's it's definitely like a fuck. I got nothing else to watch. Let's see how bad Dark Phoenix really was. You know? Okay. <laughs> Let's see how bad it really was. Gotcha. But I mean, it's it's a fifty percent really. You know, like I I know I gave it a D plus, but like it's it's a fifty fifty movie. It's like Ugh. it's like, uh, it doesn't even sound like a fifty fifty movie. It's like it's whatever. You know, it's just whatever. It's 50 50. It's, uh, let's, go 60, 40. <laughs> let's go 60 40. Let's go 60. And that might be a little bit more accurate. 60 40. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just not worth it. All right, let's just move on then. <laughs> so, coming up next, me and Jay got our beer reviews to do. And then we're going to talk more X Men. We are. Because we're going to do our top. But the better ones. Right. We're going to talk about our top five x-men films in the franchise because you know every time you get something bad you want to remember you want to remember the good things too Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, got to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. Two tablets that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water, drink it down, and your hangover starts to feel better immediately. So if you spent the better part of a week in Mexico for your sister's wedding, you know, tequila, you know, (laughs) down in the Mexicali. There's a crazy little place I know Where the drinks are hotter than the chili sauce And the boss is a cat named Joe He wears a red bandana Plays a blues piano In a honky-tonk down in Mexico He wears a purple sash and a black mustache In a honky-tonk down in Mexico In Mexico All of a sudden in walks a chick And there she goes All right. So <laughs> if that's what you did all week <laughs> Then you're going to want to get yourself Boy, did I. some blowfish <laughs> You just head over to fourhangovers.com, use the promo code SMBFISH, and get your 15% off. Super Movie Brothers is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. The Podcoin app is an app that you can use to listen to podcasts, much like other apps, except this one allows you to earn a little bit extra while you're listening to your podcast. So make sure that you download the Podcoin app on the iOS or Android stores, and you can start listening to your podcast and earning points that could get you some cool swag, some gifts, some gift cards, the things that you like to do. All right, and of course, we have our IndiePod Spotlight for this week. This week's IndiePod Spotlight comes to us from another 
Analog Legends podcast. This one is Let's Get Down to Business. Where are we going to get down to business? Uh, what are you doing? I don't know. Macho Man Randy Savage. I figured it was Stop. apt. Why? Because this is Let's Get Down to Business with Stephanie. And Kevin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And every week we review a... Disney movies. <laughs> and shorts. Sometimes it's the cream of the crop. Other times... It's a package film. So that idiot is my husband, and every week I make him watch Disney movies with me because I have to put up with this stuff. And I make her watch wrestling! If you want to hear two adults... Talk about childish things. And... And the history. (laughs) And the Wikipedia entries. Oh, yeah. Just a note, this podcast is not safe for children. In case you didn't know. So we hope you listen along to Let's Get Down to Business. With Stephanie and Kevin. Oh, yeah. All right, so that's Let's Get Down to Business. As they said, they're a not safe for work podcast about Disney movies. Jay, you know my love for Disney movies. Oh, yeah. So I've been checking them out over the past couple weeks. Uh, I, I first went through their catalog and just looked up the my favorite like Disney movies, the ones I really wanted to hear them talk about. And then mm-hmm. I've been going in and finding ones that are for some lesser known Disney films. It's always a great time with them. And I encourage everybody to get out there and check out Let's Get Down to Business on your favorite podcatcher. Why not try it on the PodCoin app? All right, Jay, we got two beers that we are going to be reviewing this week. So why don't you start off with yours, man? What are you drinking? I have Lawson's Finest Liquids Sip of Sunshine. The finest liquids for your mouth. It's the finest. It's the finest. And it has a really cool, groovy, fun can. Yes. Um, it's it's uh it's quite underwhelming, my 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 friend here. I'll tell you why, because this is expensive. It's five fifty a can. That's not that expensive. It's an eight percenter. And it just seems like a nice typical IPA. That'll be a, back a little bit of a punch. Have a nice little bite to it, a little juicy, and it has a great description. Um, and it just doesn't give that flavor. It has a lot of bitter aftertaste to it that really just does not sit well with me. Um, well, maybe that's what not- sunshine tastes like. You don't know. I know it's true. Yeah, it might happen like that, but it is underwhelming. It doesn't have the best marriage of flavors. It's a little bit of a a uh, hoppy, juicy mess to me, and <laughs> just isn't well produced. So I'm gonna give it a 2.5 out of five. Wow, it's pretty low, man. And I am drinking the Sarnak American Pale Ale. This is 5.5 percent alcohol by volume, 32 IBUs, and uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's all right. You know, it's I've never really been blown away by any Sarnak beer, so I wasn't expecting much from this one, and they didn't disappoint. It's uh, it's much like Dark Phoenix, where I was like, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot. Yeah. And I wasn't pleasantly surprised, but I, I, I you know, when, uh, it's over, you know. And that's how I'm going to look at this beer. You I'm didn't gonna, hate your time with I'm gonna, this. I'm going to finish it, and then I'm going to be like, all right, well, that's over. Then we're going to get something that I really enjoy now. Right. Uh, I mean, this this beer is just just super solid. It is uh, a classic pale ale, a little bit hoppier than than your average pale ale. Um, very dark in color compared to other pale ales. It is. Um and it's 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 a little bit pinier, less less fruity, you know, it is just a it's a very solid standard pale ale. You can't go wrong with it. You can't hate it for being what it is. 
You know, it's like it's 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 just like, a little different style though. It's got a little hoppy, piney taste. Yeah, to it's it. it's like it's just like salt of the earth. You know what I mean? Okay. Like 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 I feel like a guy who's like who, who's a little bit afraid to like jump into craft beers could pick up a Sarnak and be like, yeah, you know. I mean, like, look, come on, it's just it's just Americana. Look look, look at the front it cover. Is. It's a guy in a yeah. boat on a pond and a river and all that stuff. Come on, look at that. Yeah, it, it's like two point five. It's okay. it's nothing fantastic. It's nothing. It's nothing terrible. Um, That's but, what I was guessing by your description yeah it's just it's just whatever you know it's it's gonna come it's gonna go i'm gonna piss it out and then i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go to drinking another beer <laughs> exactly. all right jay let's head over and let's get into our top five for this week our top five is the top five x-men films out of the 12 that have been released so far in the x-men franchise because we got the the final one from the main continuity really dark phoenix and uh i just want to see how that one stacks up to the rest of them Jay, our top five X-Men movies. So the current X-Men movie franchise, which appears to be ending with Dark Phoenix. And I say appears because we still technically have another film in this universe on the horizon. Maybe in this universe. We have New Mutants, which is still still out there. Not completely canceled. Filmed. All filmed, but not released yet. And don't know when it's getting released or what platform it's getting released on a lot of talk people talking about whether it's going to be on disney plus straight to netflix uh on demand or whether it will get a full theatrical release right now they're saying it's still getting a full theatrical release okay we just don't know when like 2020 2021 maybe who knows it just, i guess they're just looking for the right spot for it or finding a way to market it in some way that'll make them money <laughs> but um we you know the, the whole the whole hollywood landscape is is changing quite drastically it is. And, and vastly so they're they're all trying to figure things out i think the super high budget stuff is going to be you know modestly coming down a little bit more and more i think so too i i and i and i i'd like that because i don't think i sometimes i i love what directors can do with a limited budget, right? Like it adds a lot. Like we look at Brightburn, right? Sure. Exactly. I I think, I think if Brightburn had a massive budget, we would see too much and it would lose that, that, that little bit of mystery, that little air of mystery that, that, you know, that exists in the back of your mind where your mind fills in the holes and, and creates more terror than they could ever possibly show you. Like, you know, and so stuff like that. Yeah. I think you're right. A limited budget, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, the MCU is going to get up going again star wars will get up and going again big budgets will still still rule the box office in the summer i'm just hoping that we get more things like like brightburn you know stuff stuff that that occurs in like the the fringes right that winds up being really really good stuff that we really enjoy but the x-men films we're gonna we're gonna do our top five for them here and It's always been a franchise that that gives with one hand and takes with the other. You know, like you you get one good film and then you get slapped in the or face with a bad one. Yeah, or it's you know it's just um, a jumbled mess. You know, some great scenes, some bad scenes, some what the fuck scenes, some things that just don't make any sense. Right. And, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. 
So, so this, it's a, a whirlwind of oh, a yeah. series. And it's weird. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you. We're just doing our top five. We're not doing a whole full rankings. No. but Don't, I'll, start, don't pull that shit on me last minute. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like After watching Dark Phoenix, I wanted to do this list because I went back and I watched the other films I watched as you do Dave I watched 12 movies <laughs> the Dave disease <laughs> over the past week I watched all 12 X-Men movies I do own them all with the exception of uh, Apocalypse I don't own Apocalypse I uh but luckily it was on on uh, let on me guess you will not own Dark, Dark Phoenix. Phoenix I will not either <laughs> but it was it was on uh FX movies so I had it on demand so I did watch the movie um but I I don't own it so uh and in a weird way, as much as I say this, this, this is not a great franchise, and it gives with one hand, takes with the other. I still, I still love these characters. I still enjoy this, this, this franchise. Right? Like, I, I want it to succeed. It's not I, like, yeah, I know. It's not like I, I went into Dark Phoenix and I wanted this to fail. I had low expectations, but that doesn't mean I wanted it to be bad. It, it was, but I didn't want it to be. I wanted, you know, I want these characters to do well. Right? I, I don't even necessarily want to see the. X-Men in the MCU. I kind of like this, them existing on their own and stuff like that. However, I never felt like Fox really gave the source material, never really gave the comics its due. It gives little nods to it here and there, but they take it in its own direction, which in a way is is okay, and other times can be extremely grating for me as a comic book fan. But in the end... I can only name five films that I would that I would put on a list that are, that are are truly rewatchable. Right. That that I I actually love some of them. So let's get started with you, Jay. What is your number five X Men First Class? All right. Excuse me, I'm Eric Lynch. Charles Xavier, go fuck yourself. All right. Why X-Men First Class? I just thought this was a refreshing new wave kind of take on it with okay. new cast of actors. New era. New, new era. Yeah. And a surprising era in some ways. Um, and it just it just kind of brought a new freshness to the series, I think, <laughs> that it needed. And it really just gave us a lot of the, you know, the new, new the new actors that we lovingly love playing these roles. You know, oh. for example, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. You know, they they knocked it out of the park. And even early on, and, I re- I really liked Nicholas Holt as Hank McCoy. I liked him. Right. I liked him there. And of course. People fell in love with Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. Like she, you know, they tried to hang this franchise on her. After they Daisy tried movie. to, because of other reasons, because of her Oscar Beatty movies and going right. on at the same time. So her star was very much shining at that time. And Matthew Vaughn was a fresh director at the time, exactly. And he brought new life to a franchise that was running to the ground pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it but had its bad but, days. But unfortunately, the bad guy sucked. Kevin Bacon and um, January Jones were terrible. It always I really bo- didn't like it. It always bothered me that that he had the helmet gifted to him from the Soviets, and that later on becomes Magneto's helmet. I always envisioned Magneto like having such disdain for Charles Xavier and such fear yeah. that Charles was reading his mind that he developed that helmet himself. You know, it was always like it, like uh, like a, like an obsession with him that he protect himself against Charles. And like here, it's like no, nah, I just. I, I got it. It was just given to me. It's like, oh, well, that's- but I still had a good time with it. Oh, and yeah. I think, you know, you've been introduced to a lot of other younger um, kids that, 
are still learning their powers and you know the mutants just in that day and age in in the 60s being in, in the world and it was it was just fun and i had a good time with it i i know some people really liked it at that time as well so i think some people even have it higher on their list i think um, so too yeah uh and, so but for me this is my number five some people i should look at me <laughs> Oh, uh, you know, I, one of my favorite characters in it was uh, was Banshee, played by Caleb Landry Jones, who was actually just in Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. Uh, so he's still out there. He was also in uh, Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri last year. I'm aware of this actor. He is a um, extremely. He's got a lot of indie. He's cred. good. He's good. Creepy. Like he's, he's just got a lot yeah. of dark roles out there. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Get he, Out. He did the movie before. He played the brother in Get Out, who uh, the very creepy brother who talks about ufc fighting and mma and stuff and about how you know he could right he could he could be a, he could be a wrecking ball you know that movie like good that. time with robert yeah. pattinson yeah well the safety brothers that did that movie the movie before that he was in that movie okay and he was brutally bad yeah i mean i mean like as a bad character bad you know, like junky new york piece of shit heroin yeah, kind of guy i don't know why i like banshee so much in the movie i think it's because i always got potential man. i always like banshee as a character in the x-men comics and it was cool to see he was like one of the original x-men like he was back in the day like banshee was on the team and stuff and so to have like the original three movies and not see him in it or hear him mention stuff like that and then to finally get him here i was like that's a nice nod so i think that's that's what drew me to the character all right jay my number five though is the original man you're in my school for the gifted for mutants You'll be safe here from Magneto. What's a Magneto? A very powerful mutant who believes that a war is brewing between mutants and the rest of humanity. I've been following his activities for some time. The man who attacked you is an associate of his called Sabretooth. Sabretooth? Storm. What do they call you? Wheels? <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. X-Men. Just the just the first one, Brian Singer back, Very nice, very nice. Back in the day, um you know, it was the first time that this franchise obviously saw screen. It was in the year 2000. Like it was two, it was 19 years ago this movie came out and it, it is this and Blade and Spider-Man 1 are really credited as the reason why we're still seeing superhero movies today. It it was a film that like really had no business being as good as it was because comic book movies at the time were still very hokey, you know, and believe me, when we go back and watch this now, this is hokey by our standards now. Right. But the standards of 2000, this was gritty. This was realistic. Oh, yeah. They're wearing black leather. It's like Grant. <laughs> it's it's like the comic books doing Grant Morrison wrote them. And I like, remember, man. Wolverine's killing people. He's not just like, you know, punching people and calling them bub. He's still calling them bub, but he's killing them. <laughs> right? And uh, obviously, it's the first time we see Hugh Jackman in the role. Patrick Stewart was such like a fan pick to be. Charles Xavier. So to get him here, it was great. Ian McCullen is such a fantastic oh, Magneto. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the, the cast the cast was great. Uh, the portrayals of the characters were all treated with reverence, and I felt like they were all pretty positive. The story is quite shit, though. I'm not gonna lie. When I watched it, I was like, it's not, it's not good. And some of the dialogue is extremely bad. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows about what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning. <laughs> 
But other than that, I mean, like it's it's it, the first one out of the gate. Yeah, and it, and it's it, a fun movie, and it, and it does hold up to an extent. It, to an extent, it does, it, and it's one of those things where I do remember that time, and it was gritty, it was exciting, right, it was something yeah. new and fresh, and it was a great ensemble. Right, you and, know, and it's that really, we never really had before. It's I think. like the first big Marvel movie out of the gate, right? And like Marvel, the X Men were su- was such a big hot selling point for Marvel back in the day. Um, and the the comic books kind of waned throughout throughout its lifetime, and especially in the the you know the big comic book bust of the early '90s, where the collectors all got involved and kind of ruined the market and stuff. X Men was hurt hard by that, and they never really they never really got it back up and running until these movies started coming out. So uh, I still enjoy X Men One. I don't love it. I, I don't love it, but yeah. it. It has its place, and I respect it for that. And I remember loving it when I was younger. Like it was a fucking cool movie when I was younger, and that's that's just how I. That's the only way I can describe it. It's not awesome. great, but it's a cool movie. Jay, what's your number four? My number four is Deadpool One. <laughs> Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> Whose balls did I have to fondle to get my very own movie? So for this one, it, it's definitely all Ryan Reynolds. I mean, he saved this character. He made it his own. He was born to play him and i thought that the movie was really fun really refreshing a lot of engaging action a lot of engaging story and when x-men origins wolverine came out he lobbied hard to be deadpool like he well he he pushed for that role sure but i I think he didn't know what was going to happen he he Um, actually pushed for for a different type of characterization of it too and the second that movie was done he immediately started campaigning to to do a deadpool solo movie like as soon as that movie right well i I do remember that yeah yeah yeah. so because he knew what was going to happen and it was not he immediately it was not the deadpool immediately wanted to rectify it yeah yes 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 and (laughs) and i do love the end sequence for deadpool 2 (laughs) because that is funny you're welcome It's good, but no, this movie it's just it's fun. I I, I'm not I'm curious about how it's going to hold up. I think I think it's going to hold up a lot better than Deadpool two. Oh no, absolutely! I'm not even going to count Deadpool two. I I don't I I don't love it as much at all. But the first one does hold up for me. I just remember the trailer and the marketing campaign. For me, this could be a big nostalgia piece that's going to hold up for me years from now. I think the marketing I'm going to bring back and just absolutely yeah. I think remember all the good memories. I think the marketing is what really like. It, it, and it doesn't even and I'm not saying that's what drew me in like I was drawn in because it was Deadpool and I, oh, yeah. I I liked the character but and the opening credits for Christ's yeah, sake the, right? the, the, the marketing was just something that I don't we don't think anyone's ever seen that before no right? like, no 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 that, no that level of, of, of viral marketing that level of the just, amount of, and like, knocking it out of the park yeah. every single time yeah. that's like insanity you knew it was funny because the marketing was funny the marketing for it was was funny and you knew that they understood what they had going on here and again a budget which caused them limitations which was modest 60 million dollars for something like this and i think in the end it winds up adding to the movie because you don't get bogged down in the spectacle and they even call themselves out on that too yeah yeah. it's 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 a lot of fun it's a very self-referential it's very you know it's very it calls itself out for its for its issues. That doesn't excuse its issues, but it, yeah, it's still fun. My number four J is First Class. So you know, again, just loved seeing uh, McAvoy and and Fassbender sure. in those roles, and I like the way that the film ties it into history. Uh, mm. That's one of the things that I like because that was the big selling point. 
uh, when these movies started was like each each of these films in this era in, in this new X-Men era is going to take place in a different decade isn't that going to be cool we get to do different type of costumes and stuff and to me that sounded like a great idea 10 years ago and then when I'm watching Dark Phoenix and I was like oh yeah they haven't aged much have they even though it's supposed to have been 30 years that don't make much sense no. uh, I didn't think about that back then I just thought it was cool it's 1960s man the Bay of Pigs you know and they they tie it into history in this way that's like really fun and it yeah it, it was just uh trying to think of just this whole idea that like this this history of the x-men existed like they were trying to do like this this thing where the x-men have always always been there even though 2000 was our first was our first look at it it's always been there and here's the stories that happened before and I, that, that made me interesting until I started realizing that like none of this matches up at all. They're really going in a different direction, which is why Days of Future Past had to come out right. and uh, correct it. And then they immediately ignored everything they corrected after that and completely fucked it in the ass with Apocalypse. All right, Jay, what's your number? Th- what's, what's your number three? X2, X-Men United. Oh, my God. We are. All right. What's your name? John. What's your real name, John? Got a talent you have that fire. I can only manipulate the fire. I can't create it. You are a god among insects. Never let anyone tell you different. My my number three is Deadpool. <laughs> so <laughs> Let's just get back in your de- uh, viewpoints of Deadpool. X two, come on, go ahead. Okay, this was this was this is when everything really got exciting, right? Because this was a lot better than X one, and you could see it in the budget and just the understanding of what they could do with the story. Well, I because it was very exciting. You could see the potential of what mutants can do, right? into the society and how they could be a detrimental issue in the world. I've said this before, and I'll stand by this statement. One of the reasons X2 is so good is because Hugh Jackman had time to prepare for his role. You know, uh, his role originally was uh, Wolverine was cast by, I think at first they wanted Russell Crowe. Then they got somebody else. I honestly can't remember. They actually, like he was on set. Yeah, it was a French guy. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't believe they casted him. he's 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 still an actor today. It's not like he's 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 a nobody. We just can't think of his name. Uh, and then they brought Hugh Jackman in several weeks into filming, and Hugh Jackman was only given like two to three weeks to start getting into shape. That, into, yeah. Right. So he showed up very skinny and stuff like that, very unprepared for the role. Um, and he did a great job embodying the role as best he could with such little preparation. By the time we get to X two though, and Wolverine is a central focal mm. point of that movie. He's got uh, the hair gown. He's got, he's got the, the hair, muscles. He's got gown, the muscles. He's but got the tank top gown. Beyond just his looks, though, he this is the first time that Wolverine embodies the role. First time Hugh Jackman yeah. really takes it on and does something with it. You see it with the action. He's got some animalistic. It's so good. Wolverine style stuff and going on. That's when brutal. I, when I think of X two. I could I could just watch this this ten minute segment on repeat. Everything that goes on in the mansion, yeah. From the second strikers oh, team yeah. comes in and and like they're all quiet and stuff like that, and they're they're tranquilizing kids. And Wolverine comes just 
flying off of that balcony and he's ah! I was like oh all the veins are popping oh, out dude, it was and amazing. like his just just his look of rage was just so good and there's this moment where like he's hiding behind a wall and a foot comes out and you just hear and it stabs it right into the guy's foot and yep. I was like ah oh, this is so brutal and it was such a fan service moment for like berserker rage with Wolverine but then also Colossus comes in and the guys try to shoot him with trying and he like he armors up and stuff and I was yeah. like oh Colossus and I was like he's on the team now like he's gonna be in the rest of this movie now <laughs> no he wasn't but it was such a cool like that entire sequence is probably the reason that movie is so well remembered it is it really it very much is and it's just but even also I think just the exciting atmosphere of you know Magneto coming back out and the bad guy being released and, and like is, you know fighting him again but, but also, also trying the, to defend the mutant honor of the good guys yes there might be some bad guys too but right. trying to find a regular that's what the house was all about that Xavier is trying to so in the first movie Ian McComb he did great as Magneto but we we didn't get a whole lot of motivation for him as a mutant leader and what his side of being a mutant leader was mm-hmm. he just seemed like the dark coin the dark side of the coin to Professor X's but here in X2, we get a little bit more explanation for him, right? Like, we, yeah, we, yeah, we knew that he was he was a, a Holocaust survivor and stuff like that. And that gives you a lot of motivation there. But that scene in the plane where, like, you know, he's he's talking, he's talking to the kids and, like, he's talking to Pyro. And we see how he gets, how he, he indoctrinates them, young yeah. men and young, young, oh, yeah. young mutants and stuff like that. And I thought that that was, like, really cool. because like, It's important. It was really important. Yeah, when, when I watched that, I was just like, Magneto's not wrong. He's just the amplified version of Professor X. He wants to protect these people that are like him. Yeah. But his way of doing it is by force where Charles wants to integrate and stuff. It was a great like, like duality. It's, 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 it's like politics. It was. One's Democrat, one's Republican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Magneto's very much, you know. Very much Republican. Pass, pa- pass the, <laughs> <laughs> praise the Lord, pass the ammunition, baby. Uh, but yeah, and, you know, I think. Country family. They kept that, they kept that, that, that duality alive in, in the X-Men first class and Days of Future Past and stuff like that. But here was the first time, like, we're really seeing it, you know. And I, I man, it was such, it, Obviously, I'm talking it up because it's on my list, <laughs> and it's probably higher. And than it's what very you entertaining, yeah. and obviously, it is. I'm sure. Number three, Deadpool, absolutely hilarious. Uh, probably one of the best portrayals of a comic book. Slightly character surprised on is that high on your list? Slightly surprised that Deadpool's that high? Yeah, a little bit. A little uh, bit. I love Deadpool, man. I, I thought it was like yeah, I, said, I just. Don't, I, I guess my memory of you. I remember you. Deadpool like two. Me. I don't like. I, I honestly right. don't like. I flat out. Maybe it's been like a little it. too long. I just don't recall yeah. exactly our original grades on Deadpool one, but I just okay. No, cool. Yeah. Go yeah. with it. It holds <laughs> up. Uh, and one of the reasons it, uh, Deadpool, that's uh, why it's my number three, is because it is one of the best portrayals of a comic book character brought to screen. Yes, it, it, it did it so well. It and love story, right? right. Nice well, little tie in no, with no, that. No, but like, it's kind of fun. It just pays so much nice reverence to the character and what he what he was in the comic. So often, comic book characters get adapted and they get changed for the screen where they're barely recognizable to their comic book counterpart. They're just mm. really there in name alone, and it happens a lot in the X Men franchise where they bring up a a beloved, uh, you know. X-Men character and they're really just there in name alone. Like I said, in in days in um Dark Phoenix where 
Kurt Wagner Nightcrawler goes on this killing spree after he gets upset. That's not Nightcrawler. That doesn't that doesn't work with that doesn't jive with what the character was. But Deadpool jived with what the character was supposed to be. And Ryan Reynolds is just a perfect embodiment of it. Role of a lifetime, you know? Like oh, yeah. you know, and, and to see him fight so long and so hard to get it done. And I don't care how much he says it. And he, he financially made a killing from it too. I'm he sure. leaked. <laughs> he he's the one that leaked that footage. I, him him and oh, yeah. they leaked that footage they, on purpose. They, they sort of confirmed it. Yeah, if in you ass backwards way. If yeah. you don't want to know what what we're if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, back in the day there was a concept footage that was done to show to the Fox executives. Um, the movie was not greenlit based off of this, but they knew they had something. So mysteriously on YouTube and in other places, you could find the screen test footage for Deadpool, which was pretty much uh, the moment that he jumps off of the bridge into the car, fights the bad guys, right. and like the slow-mo stuff yeah Uh, yeah. and that was their proof of concept and it they shelved it after that they never they they didn't go anywhere with it so that got leaked and all of a sudden fans started crying for it and lo and behold two years later the movie was made so uh i respect i respect that level of like fight to get a movie made and then making it pay off too like like if they fought for it to be made and it was awful and it was such it was so such a because i think he knew the potential of that character and he just wanted redemption as well you know from He, he saw it Studio heads didn't back when X-Men Origins Wolverine came out. No one saw it. Wisecracking guy. All right, we'll get Ryan Reynolds to play him. Done. And like there was so much more there, and he knew that there was. All right, Jay, you're number two. X-Men Days of Future Past. Hey, what's going on? Gwen. How are you? Get dressed. Hey, I don't know what's going on What's going on is you're supposed to be guarding the boss's daughter, not screwing her. I didn't sleep with her. No. No. I mean, yes, I... Slept with him many times, but Jimmy. that wasn't me. That was the old me. I just got here like 20 seconds ago. Really? Yeah. And what happened to your clothes? My, oh. Would you believe me if I told you I was sent here from the future? This one's not on my list. Okay. Uh, so, well, although I know some people love this, some people don't like it not as on my list. much, per se. But although I will say it is Fassbender's best performance in the series. And it's Singer back. Yeah, the story just doesn't. I don't think it holds up. I, I I find a lot of problems, especially with the future story, mixing it in with uh with the with the original series. There's I, I have a lot mm. of problems that I have a lot of problems with Kitty Pride mysteriously being able. She used to just walk through walls. Now she can walk people through the past. It does to me. It just it it doesn't jive with me. There's not I guess I'm not that nerdy into the world where stuff like that bothered me. It as comes much, up to what I'm saying maybe. with superhero films where powers have to have expectations and limitations. Mm-hmm. If I don't have an expectation or a limitation for the powers then you can make the script do whatever you whatever you want it to do and that's exactly what they did with Ellen Page's Kitty Pride, where sure. she could send him into the past because the script called for somehow him getting to the past yeah and I, I loved that exciting aspect of it because like, you just didn't think it was going to get pulled off and for me it, it pulled it off I mean it really did and I thought the action was really ambitious ballsy um, still just epically refreshing, yeah, and grander in a scope that I don't think we saw yet on screen with this with these guys. Yeah, Peter Dinklage, good bad guy. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, of course. Guy. And um, and 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 again, just more growth in development with um, you know, the first class generation of of characters. It didn't it bother you that Professor X was like a junkie in it and stuff like that. Like that didn't no, seem because out of character for him. Like, well. 
they addressed that. I mean, I was like, you know, that people there people like that. I mean, he 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 had a he was a kid. I mean, he had he wasn't a junkie. He was just an alcoholic, kind of wise cracking asshole. <laughs> I just, mean, that's really what it was. I mean, um, I did like how they tied it together and made Patrick Stewart like kind of like talk to his past self and like yeah. get him out of that. I did like that. I liked all that stuff. That I I fed into that. I, it was emotional for me. Like I got into this guy because I it almost was hopeful for people who may be struggling through right. something like that that can see crawl out of it and have a greater purpose. Perhaps. I didn't hate the movie to start. Like it's not like. Right. The first time I saw Days of Future Past, that came out, and I was like, oh, I didn't like it that much. I actually really liked it a lot. It's subsequent viewings where I yeah. found the little problems with continuity and these little things that, like, and I, I've said it before, that stuff wears me down. Like when it's yeah. when, when when maybe when I just I, didn't see it when I can't buy it. I I don't I, you know I I can't continue to go with it. Like my first viewing, I have fun with it, and then when I start seeing plot holes and problems and stuff, yeah. I start focusing yeah. on them, and it bothers me. And I'm a continuity guy. I'm a story guy. So. I know. I know. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's not on my list but it definitely it, it has the best performances in the entire series i gotta say and i and you know me i'm, I'm a i can be very soft on the movie when it's uh yeah. when it's got some really good performances to hold it all Jennifer together lawrence was her best and she was she was that was her best fastbender was the best in this uh mcavoy was the, the did the best in this um it wasn't the best wolverine you know, it was very much inje- well, injecting him. He into had the- a different kind of role, yeah. different kind of role yeah. for sure in this. It was injecting him so into the first class. I kind of let it slide yeah. because they sort of addressed it in the movie. You know, he had to play a role and it was an important role. He had to contain himself and restrain himself. And, you know, and, and but for me, something I read, there was I don't something know- so epically grand about it and ambitious. And that worked for me. Something I read and I, I don't know whether it. it's true or not. Um, one of the things that Hugh Jackman kind of like pushed for in the script was for Wolverine to continue being afraid of flying. In X in X Men One, he's afraid to get in the X Jet. Uh, in X Men Origins, Wolverine, he's very jittery. It's very a nice little comic relief right? of of the plane. And then uh, he's not like in that situation until he gets to this movie. And well, he in Wolverine, uh, in the one in Japan, directed by uh, James Mangold, he was afraid of flying. So like, it's something that Hugh Jackman has like pushed for in there that like Wolverine is this guy who is like fearless right like nothing can hurt him so why would he be afraid of anything but for Hugh Jackman just giving in this one thing for him to fear is humanizes him in a way that that people can relate to and it's something that apparently Hugh Jackman pushed for I read that I don't know whether that's true or not but it's something that I read all right Jay my number two x2 I think we we talked we talked that one enough there's a lot to love there the mansion scene is just oh yeah fucking brilliant and uh yeah, I I can watch. I just watched that movie. When I watched everything over again, I watched X two, and it's the only time watching it that I didn't have like my phone in my hand, like doing other stuff. I was like, oh no, I'm I'm gonna watch all of X two. It's so good. All right, Jay, we're up to your number one, man. What's your number one? It's uh, Logan, man. It's my number one too. Yeah, I. <laughs> Take your friends. <laughs> They'll keep coming and coming. You don't have to fight anymore. Go. Go. You taught me what they made you. Uh, 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 uh,
the best job they've done. It's the best send off they've done. It's just uh, it's, everything. Movie, um, really just finding its characters grounded footing like really understanding a character i mean it's a different as it's different sides of a scope with deadpool and logan Mm -hmm. but they equally nailed the character perfectly they did and they really had a great story a great send-off um a nice couple surprises tied in within the movie and the action was brutal you know it was just savage and it was a kind of a country like western-esque kind of movie that had a lot of a i think it's the story gritty james, elements to it, it was it's the story james mangold has always wanted to tell with the character once you know i think he wanted to well I, he wanted redemption from the wolverine getting so slaughtered in the final i don't act. Th- i don't think the wolverine was terrible right like that well that, i didn't until it did right right the, <laughs> get the, terrible, the, the whole the whole like the whole ending the, the whole, whole robot aspect. on his heart thing uh, was a it's, problem it's yeah all, I, I, I definitely think that like he he had something completely different in mind and the studio got involved and stuff like that. And with this send off, you know, I, I really feel like him and Jackman worked so well together that, you know, and Jackman at that point was the only person to portray Wolverine. I really feel like they tag teamed the studio and were just like, if it's not this way, then we don't want it. We don't want to do it. And they did it their way. Well, I, and they just put their power. I think yeah. all into the studio and like, look, like if Mango walked something away, something needs to change. Something was, needs to happen. And it was this situation where if Mango walked out. away, Jackman walked away, and if right. if if Jackman if if Jackman didn't like the script, you know, Mango was going to change. And he can it just and say like, him. I refuse to keep on portraying, you know, and Wolverine. I'll, it's the only X Men movie. Like, and and I, you know, I'm a big emotional person. Like, I get choked up at at things. It's the only X Men movie that's ever made me cry. It's the only one that ever got me choked up. It's the only one that that made me feel a lot of aspects with the, the, with, uh, the daughter. That kind of but role. Not, but not only that, I I think it was just like his his realization that just like it, it humanized time, him in a lot of it's ways. It's time, too. and I think yeah. I think a lot of Jackman like his real life just coming to an end with this role. I think a lot of that was put into this movie. I think like even with just being such a jacked up fit guy even like he needed he to express himself yeah. in different ways and he vastly did he went the complete opposite yeah. you know he's been leaning out he's been doing a lot of broadway stuff a lot of different kind of um artistic yeah sensibility things because so, he was tired of grunting and screaming yeah, and running I mean, through I the room. have you ever seen like one of my favorite things is uh hugh jackman doing uh pickup sound for for for, oh, for X-Men movies, where that he's, was great where he's in a sound booth and like uh he does guess, it he does it for only, logan that's only one take dave yeah it's only one you know they, they're doing so, so many of those the one takes. i saw was for was for logan it's the moment where he's running through the woods and he's in a booth and like he is legit running in place as hard as he can and he's going and he's like doing all these facial expressions and he's running at the same time and he's swinging his arms while he's doing it i was like dude this dude is just in it when he's in it like when he's when he's playing logan he's in it and like i i think like you know logan just as a movie just the way it opens up just the way it starts and the very humanization of this character who is very beyond human right like because he can heal from anything he's gonna he's he's gonna live he he's gonna live a lot longer you know uh you know if if it wasn't for for the disease that he winds up contracting because of the animanium in his body if he never had that he wouldn't be aging yeah um and it's this very it's this story of like middle age and 
you know acceptance, yeah. moving on, death, but love. But also the story between him and Patrick Stewart, family, right? Like, absolutely. That was a huge part and you know, just the history of that and and the grief um and the guilt. You know, there's so much of there's so much built up and how sad anger it is for Patrick Stewart that the yeah. all these kids you raised at the at the uh at the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters and the person who's taking care of you in the end is the asshole who slugs beer, chomps on cigarettes, calls you a bub, and is just a complete asshole to you. <laughs> that's the one that's gonna take care of yeah. you in your golden years, <laughs> Professor X. It's that one. Uh and, it, and, and to spoiler alert, think that he killed him. Yeah. Uh, it, but that was I, I, there was so much that was devastating in that in that movie that like it was just such a perfect send off to him. It was just such a so everything was an emotional moment. Like everything, you know, and even in the little bits of humor, they were they were just thrown in there as moments to break up this very down to earth, very sad story. You know, like he didn't go out taking on Magneto. He didn't go out taking on Apocalypse. He didn't go out mm-hmm. taking on like some massive big bad you know he went off protecting a bunch of kids against machine guns in the woods right like he he didn't go off and, and a younger prototype of himself right right he he went off in this in this very human way you know in, in a sense and that's it was such a perfect send-off and it was such a love letter to to westerns like shane you know like they always talk yeah, about yeah, like yeah. that was the big yeah that was a big thing that that, that was that was and uh, i always loved that you know filming. His grave with the X. Yeah, it was it was know? a nice touch. It was, it was a, a nice little touch. It was a nice touch. And it made you it that. made you want X twenty three in the future. And now yeah. that's up in yeah. the air at And so far. you know, he has a beautiful spot, I think, yeah. where you can lay to rest. He always loved, you know, the mountains and you know should have gotten should have just taken him back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Canada, actually. I remember that that moment in uh X Men Origins Wolverine where Strecker's just like, Your country needs you, son. I'm Canadian. <laughs> Uh, so that does it for me and Jay's top five. Those are our favorite X-Men films. I know some people thought I would probably have Days of Future Past on my list, but like I said, subsequent viewings, man, have brought me down on that movie. Uh, it's not I don't hate it by any stretch of the means. Believe me, it, it is number six on my list for sure. And uh, I, I know I've said this before and. And mine will probably be X1. I, yeah, so we're, I still, we're pretty close. I still defend I still defend X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> I don't defend it, saying it's a good. I've movie. talked about that. I have it on the show before. There's moments where, like, in it, you're like, "This is the movie that it should have been the whole time." And then there's so many moments where you're like, "That's why this movie sucks." It's twenty percent good, eighty percent shit, and like, you wish that twenty percent could yeah. just take up so much more of the screen time. Like, I feel like Gavin Hood, who's a good director had a good story in there somewhere and somehow it just got chopped to bits. And oh, that just, was, that's, that's called studio shit. It was definitely hundred percent of studio. It was film. definitely studio shit. And that's like, it's, you know, you can see it written all over the marketing. The fall of Fox was, was kind of like long time coming because like yeah. of the studio involvement and everything like that, you know, they hadn't had a major hit in like years Yeah, and they were, they were selling off their properties and stuff. It was just like, ah, uh. and then you, it and it, the desperation. And then you think of, what's going on over on their other big franchises that they have with um die hard that's that's a franchise of theirs and mm. you know they they tried to keep it going it was waning yeah what else do they have uh predator but what, definitely what's, a waning franchise right but like, what's so sad is like you're screwing up potential for spinoffs uh-huh. of other kind of sequels like gambit you know that was 
you know, supposed to be a big spinoff. So happy it's not happening. I was like, when they were finally like, it's dead. I was like, <sighs> it's the best news. And, and, and Deadpool, obviously. But uh, Reynolds saved that. But it was one of those things where this movie could have potentially spun off if it was good. A lot of stuff. A lot of different kind of stuff. Yeah. Along with all those other franchises that they had, you know? But the movie sucked. Sad. Bombed. It wasn't good. And they gave him CGI claws and it was terrible. <laughs> So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers tonight. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Please, if you're enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. That's how we grow on the old on the old uh, Apple Podcasts app and how people find us. That is the main place that, to this day, people still listen to podcasts, which makes me really sad. There's a lot of options for listening to podcasts out there. Don't pigeonhole yourself by just listening to people on iTunes. But if that's how you, if you have an iPhone, if that's how you listen, yes. please, please, please leave us a five star review. You have no idea how much that helps Very out. Very much appreciated. And then, of course, uh, we also have a sponsor. Our sponsor is Blowfish. So if you would like to cure your hangovers for good, make sure you head over to fourhangovers.com. Use the promo code SMBFish. Get your 15% off and end the scourge of hangovers for good. We are, of course, part of a network. We're part of the Podfix Network. You can head over to podfixnetwork.com and uh, you can check out all the great shows that are part of the Podfix Network on there. You can also click on the menu, go to the movie cocktails tab, and you can see a bunch of our recipes for movie cocktails over there. Happy birthday to our good friend Thomas Iannucci. He does the trailer park music for us. We didn't have any trailer park breakdowns this week, but the biggest birthday present you could ever give Thomas Iannucci is you could head over to his Spotify, yeah. check out his music, drop him a line on Twitter, Thomas underscore Iannucci on there, and let him know that you appreciate his music. Just give it a listen. I promise you're going to love it. I love it. He just had a new single drop. He had a new music video drop on YouTube. So give him a look. Give him a listen. Uh, he's, he's amazing. He's a fantastic artist happy and a birthday, buddy. good friend of our show. So happy birthday, Thomas. Wishing you the best for the next year. And I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>